0: On podcast 1758, Tesla's Investor Day gets previewed. The Kia EV9 SUV is spotted, and Ram confirm their EV van. We're trying a new thing this week so people know when to expect the show. We go live at 5 p.m. UK. That's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. You can be like them by clicking on the link in the show notes. And welcome to a new Patreon supporter from down under, John Chaney. John, thank you for supporting the podcasts. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 27th of February. I'm Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. Let's preview Tesla's Investor Day, March the 1st, when we expect a discussion on their long term expansion plans and their new platform, maybe even a stock buyback plan. Uh, they expect to be talk, talking about Part three of the master plan, which may include the Roadster, seriously overdue. The Cybertruck, seriously overdue. uh, Actual customers, not just a beta test of the semi-truck, seriously overdue. More autonomy, energy storage, maybe even battery chemistries. Charging network being opened up to non-Tesla owners like we have here in Europe. And maybe even some stuff on robots, which I'll filter out because, you know, robot stuff. Uh, Tesla is also said to unveil hopefully more details about their small and more affordable mass-produced electric car which some are calling the model 2 i don't know so much about this i'm not so excited about model 2 i'd, love, I'd rather see a firm commitment to an upgrade plan on model 3 which doesn't entirely scupper current model 3 sales um, but model 2 is something that i imagine will get people excited It look we're, they're so behind on so many projects like the last thing we need is, is more pie in the sky promises but If they do, it'll be a Corolla or Golf-sized vehicle, probably cost something in the twenty thousands. Again, I don't think the company need to do that. Tesla are so good at what they do. This wouldn't come for years. I think it's a distraction. But either way, if they do, uh, it would definitely use their next-generation technology, their own forty-six eighty batteries, have a focus on autonomy. I mean, all that stuff about your car as an appreciating asset, it'll earn money while you sleep, and uh, all of that. Is just bonkers stuff, which I think, unfortunately, for those that don't like Elon Musk, is the ammunition they need because it is just all just silly stuff to talk about. The actual hardware, software, engineering, the the design—that's where Tesla excel. They're not always on time with stuff, but when they do deliver, it's really, really good. Um, so I hope that it, I hope that they people take that day seriously, focusing on the increasing scale of their operations to achieve their goal of moving the world to sustainable energy and transport. Probably some stuff on production capacity being increased, where they'll make batteries after that recent news that they're leaving Germany in terms of maybe delaying their their plan to make the batteries in Germany. And uh, there'll probably be some stuff on, like I say, robo-taxis and and whatnot, which I will give a wide berth to. All right, moving on, the Kia EV9 is very highly anticipated, a three-row SUV. The concept at the LA Auto Show in 2021 looked wild. But recently, Kia and Hyundai have been pretty faithful to their concepts. We know technology-wise, EGMP platform, and so maybe 250 to 300 miles of range, so, we you know, the, the basic spec, 800-volt architecture, single-motor, all-wheel-drive versions, uh, probably be able to tow a decent amount, maybe up to £4,500, possibly. Uh, a survey was sent out to potential customers recently giving some options like those, and I wonder if that's them doing a bit of market research about what the EV9 needs to have uh, to, uh, to appeal to those, those customers. But there's a social media video that's been seen on Instagram. as a Reels, I think, and... and It was either a filming day or whatever, but uh, hopefully it's not a fake. But uh, this thing looked exactly like the, the concept SUV that we saw at the auto show. So maybe there was no camo on it. So maybe it is almost ready or maybe they were doing some shots or filming. I don't know. But let's hope it looks like this because wild and very cool design. Moving on, Ram will bring their electric version of their full-size commercial van to the US in 2023. Sometime later this year, the EV ProMaster uh, will be unveiled. Uh, delivery should start this year to compete with things like the Ford E-Transit and a vehicle I'm going to mention next. If it's based on the Fiat E-Ducato, which we get in Europe, it could well have maybe 230 miles of range. Very decent for anyone doing parcel deliveries. Mercedes-Benz announcing the upcoming release of the all-electric Uh, Sprinter, eSprinter, they call it. Second half of this year, again, 113 kilowatt-hour battery. So, again, maybe 250 miles of range if you're doing urban deliveries, a lot of stop-start. It's going to be way more than that. It'll be built in the US, in Charleston, South Carolina, as well as plants in Germany, and certainly those two vehicles giving the 4D Transit a run for its money. Moving on, Volvo are celebrating. They're just passed 1 million global software updates over the air. Now, Tesla get a lot of credit, rightly so, for... Over-the-air stuff, but with Volvo using Google, Android as the operating system, then they're able to push out more software updates that improve the vehicles. The last batch was 350,000 vehicles worldwide, uh, upgrading connectivity, doing bug fixes, stability, and also how it works with smart speakers as well. So if you're in that, and I'm not, I'm in the Amazon kind of ecosystem, but if you are in that Google ecosystem, being able to cool or warm, defrost your car ask your smart speaker state of battery charge so you can start and stop the charging. That's all very cool and all done over the air as well. Next, more Volvo news, but Volvo trucks, different company. They've sold more than 4,300 all electric trucks in 38 countries around the world since they start making them, uh, started making them in 2019. The market leader in Europe with 32% share, in North America over half of or nearly half of heavy trucks that are all electric sold were Volvo EV. Trucks and the market for heavy electric trucks grew by 200% last year in Europe, and Volvo at the heart of that. Their goal is to have 50% of their global sales be new EV trucks by 2030. Now, another great bit of news. I love stories like this because this is the reason I do this podcast for 1,700 episodes. It's because uh, Proterra and Thomas built buses just got to the milestone of a million. Miles driven in their electric school buses across North America with over 300 EV school buses on the road. That's a big milestone as the EPA's clean school bus program is encouraging the move to zero emissions. There's incentives. There's programs that really reduce the price of school districts and schools going EV. They, uh, the two companies, Proterra and uh, Thomas Built, offer an extensive EV program from planning and consultation, putting the charging systems in. There's even some funky stuff you can do with vehicle-to-grid so that when those school buses aren't being used in the day, uh, they can charge up and they can discharge because they know the route. They know the route they're on. They know how much energy storage they need. Uh, typically, though, the buses do 135 miles or so of range. They've got big old batteries on board as well, 226 uh, kilowatt hours. And the great thing about this is not only is is it great that we're, we're setting a great example for future generations, but also like the amount of people that think because the exhaust is at the back of your car that you are spewing the fumes into somebody else's face, there's so much research on the amount of fumes that get recirculated back into the emitting vehicle. So if we're putting our kids to school on diesel buses, we are knowingly now no know, like we know this uh putting diesel fumes into their lungs just because of the bus they're riding on and it's not like there isn't an alternative there is <laughs> because they're out there so we got got to do more of this i love stories like this as well because it It's just great. Just more of the same. Could we just like 100x this, please? Now, let's talk about US electric car sales increasing. Last year, 65%. In fact, over the last two years, 147% in the last quarter of the year. Pure electric car sales from Q4 2020 to Q4 2022. Almost 150% increase. Now, the market in the US is still dominated by Tesla. Other markets, um, other brands are gaining traction in the market, though non-Tesla sales up 140% year on year. 270% 270% just in the last 2 years. So in the you know different here in Europe where there's huge amounts of choice, US market is still very very Tesla driven. That is changing. Now let's move on and talk about new car sales in France. And in January last month, 13% of new cars sold in France were battery electric vehicles while plug-in hybrids was 9.2%. So over a fifth of cars sold. New cars sold with a plug socket on the side in France. That's great news and a big, big jump uh, with Pure Electrics having the bulk of electrified car sales. So who was number one? Well, that was the group Stellantis with a third of the market, 32.3%, followed by Renault-Nissan and Hyundai-Kia. Peugeot was the leading individual brand in January. Here's the story in France, though. Diesel, a bit like France, Italy, UK maybe 10 years ago, just diesel was the darling. And it was 50 60 70% of new car sales. Diesel dropped to a tiny 11% share. And if the current trajectory continues, diesel would be dead by 2025. And it won't because there are small edge cases, use cases for petrol and diesel everywhere. But it's fine. We still ride horses just not to work anymore. So as long as we do the bulk of transport going zero emissions, it will indeed be job done. Right. Coming up on the podcast very soon, we'll talk about electrified boats in France and also how much of the US went to renewables last year. Those stories are on the way. Remember, if you want an ad free version of this podcast, you can sign up to our Patreon feed where our Patreon supporters get the podcasts first and ad free as soon as they are ready uh, for like five or ten dollars a month. That's like a posh coffee or two. You can support the work. Here, spreading the word about EVs and clean transport. Back in a sec. Okay, let's talk about staying in France, and let's go to the River Seine in Paris, uh, where over 40 projects are converting those cruisers, those river cruisers, to pure electric power in time for the Olympics. Uh, The goal of having 200 electric boats in operation by then. Uh, Additionally, there's even an, an electric boat restaurant operating now on the River Seine in Paris. That used to be... An old diesel uh, cruiser. Electric power is quieter, so less noise, no smell, no vibration. Much easier to manoeuvre as well. That's important, you know, if you're hoping to offer some high-quality French food without the aftertaste of diesel. In one example, there's a 22-metre passenger cruiser that carries 30 customers. In that one example... Prior to the switch, they were burning 100 litres of diesel per cruise, per cruise. Now the boat has been retrofitted with two motors, a 240 kilowatt hour battery pack in six batteries of 40, and it can cruise for five and a half hours with clean green power, and that's brilliant. Now, a new report from Climate Central looks at the solar and wind electricity generation across the U.S. last year compared to the previous year. 683,000 gigawatt hours of electricity generated from wind and solar, uh, with wind being uh, three quarters pretty much of that split. That's enough to power the equivalent of 64 million average American households. Installed renewable energy generating capacity grew by 238 gigawatts, and many states saw a big growth in solar and wind. This data, I think, suggests that America's renewable energy is growing and quickly enough to support net zero uh, emissions goals. Red states like Iowa and uh, Texas, Florida, they're leading the nation in solar and wind power production. Factors such as state and federal incentives uh, help deregulating the market, helps investments in Upgrading, transmission, all help. Wind energy has more than doubled in the past five years, and gas production has fallen over the same time. Micro grids are also increasingly important, and who knows in the future, hopefully EVs will be supporting the grid. And this is important. As grids get cleaner, the one thing we can say, the inconvenient truth for people who love combustion, is that as, as grids around the world clean up, every mile you drive gets cleaner. And that's the investment in the future, that we're making with EVs because you can't say that because a petrol car from the da- a diesel car from the day you buy it gets worse and the emissions get worse they get more inefficient an EV from the day you buy it although it has a higher level of embedded carbon emissions in making that battery than a typical engine it very quickly overtakes or catches up if you like and then you are much driving greener transport and also as the grid gets cleaner now I've got it's you know sun's out today so I'm charging for my solar panels but You know, if you look at the grid, the more it gets green, the more we clean up how we drive, and that's just brilliant. But how do we pay for the roads that we're driving on? Well, with those gas taxes going around the world, Democratic lawmakers in Washington and Oregon are exploring the idea of replacing traditional gas taxes with a paper mile tax. In Washington, drivers would have the option of replacing registration fees with a two and a half cents per mile road usage charge. In Oregon, uh, Representative John Lively or Leavely has got the proposal to make a per-mile charge mandatory from 2028 with any vehicle rated 30 MPG or higher. Paper mile taxing would be achieved through GPS-enabled devices. That's not going to work for many people. Privacy concerns are there. Uh, many people say, well, look, you have your smartphone already, and that's tracking way more than this would. But I still think you say to somebody, hey, we're going to put a black box in your car it's going to track exactly where you go when no exactly exactly where you were at what time and we're going to charge you for the miles you did that doesn't work we have a, we have an annual safety certificate here called the MOT uh, cars once they're 3 years old have to have it just had mind on the, on the MG the mighty mighty MG uh, ZS that we have and they could take the, the 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 rego reading then or when you buy and sell a car and you could be billed on how many miles you've done. I'm fine with that. The more you drive it, the more you pay. That's okay. We're using the roads. Um, Maybe even according to weight. That would be good because it would stop car makers building stupid big cars when smaller ones would do. Lots of solutions, but I'm not sure being tracked would go down well with everyone. Now, a new UK survey shows that EVs are significantly cheaper to service than petrol and diesel. EVs coming out on average of £103 a year, diesel £163 a year. The lower bills, of course, because EVs have fewer moving parts and just no emissions. The Institute of Motor Industries here concerned that the number of technicians working on those qualifications to work on the high voltage systems, if you lift up the bonnet, you know, the orange cables, Uh, don't touch those. Well, the ends of them, at least. That would give that would give you a bad day. So you'd be properly qualified, but there's just not enough people coming into the industry working on them. Uh, I got my, as I mentioned, the mighty, mighty MG MOT'd last week, and I asked the guy, we've been taking our cars there for years. It's an independent garage, not a dealer. And uh, I said, have you had many EVs in now? And he went, mm, I think we've done three this year so far. And we're in, you know, most in March. And I don't know why he wasn't more excited about or enthused with me, because he was saying, oh, do you? Or you know, you drive electric cars. You got two electric cars and whatnot. N- normally a bit newer. So this is the first MOT we've done on in a while on an EV. And um, you know, there's no emissions testing for them to do. There's no, there's no sticking the thing up the exhaust pipe. You haven't got to buy that equipment. It's time saved. He's saving money. I still paid the same price for the MOT. I didn't get a discount because there was less to do. So you think he would be more enthused, but he's like, yeah, he was just." wasn't down on evs but just didn't see them catching on young guy as well um certainly younger than me um and i would be i absolutely enthused about servicing an ev because he's making more money (laughs) anyway (laughs) finally jet skis oh they're so yesterday you know meet the new pelagian hydroblade an electric watercraft that is a stand-up jet ski type thing but works with a surfboard style e-foil it's got a boom-mounted canard and rudder ahead of the rider to keep you steady. And you can hold on to the handlebars to make it more like riding a bike. If you can ride a bike, they say you can use this machine. A two permanent magnet radial flux motors powering two propellers under the water. And it's got an 11 kilowatt hour battery pack. It'll do 60 miles of range, 44 miles an hour, that's 70 kilometers <laughs> Wow! Yeah, you gotta have a set of kahunas to do that, I think. And a four hour runtime. They wanna put this into production by the end of the year. I love this. A hydrofoil works like an aeroplane wing in reverse, underwater. And uh, an aerodynamic wing creates high and low pressure areas. It slices through the water, generates lift, no drag, or very little drag. Uh, and it uses, this one uses the 2170 cells, the cylindrical cells that you'd find in a Tesla. This is so cool. I love stuff like this. These little. Um, say little but these are cool stories on the edge of EVdom well that's your podcast for today thanks to our premium partners Phil Roberts of Electric Future Brad Crosby Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati Audi of Cincinnati East Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii Derek Riley and his EV Review Ireland the YouTube channel Richard at rsev.co.uk buying and selling EVs in the UK Octopus Electric Universe global public charging made simple with one map and one app, and lease plan, electric moments providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.